there's a new way to bet on things outside of sports with Call She. Maybe you have a thought on TikTok. Will Congress ban it? Or won't they? Will Taylor Swift's album be album of the year? What about Biden's approval rating or inflation? And a whole lot more. You can trade futures on all of that and make money if you're correct. $20 bonus if you go to callshe.com slash follow the money spelled K-A-L-S-H-I and deposit $50. There is no guarantee of performance and an investor could lose their entire investment, including fees. iHeartMedia does not recommend any investments. See further disclosures at callshe.com. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more... Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Always follow the money. the money. That's what I always say. You always follow yeah, the money. Yeah. This is Follow the Money with Mitch Moss and Polly Howard on VSEN. Hey, hey, happy Thursday, everybody. Thanks for joining us on Follow the Money. Stormy Tony, and Sean King in for Mitch and Polly today, live from Circa Resort and Casino. Down goes number one in college hoops yet again. The Alabama Crimson Tide knocked off at Rocky Top with the Tennessee Vols. They have been living, it appears, between football and hoops now, Sean, that they don't even need to storm the court because, you know, they're just used to beating Alabama at this time. So uh, to help us break down all things college basketball, excited to welcome in Mike DeCourcy, Sporting News, college basketball columnist, all things bracketology. What is it about being the number one team in the country, Mike, that nobody can hang on to the top spot, it seems? Well, I, I think, first of all, they shouldn't have been the number one team. I don't think that Purdue, although they had lost two or three, what, what bothers me about these silly polls is that they tell you, they don't tell you who the most accomplished team is or whatever. They tell you who lost least recently, as if we all don't have apps on our phone that can tell us that. Uh, I think that there should be more that goes into it than, well, they're good and they didn't lose in a while. I, I, uh, Alabama's terrific, but... Uh, they, they, it should have been Purdue. Now, I, that, that, that can't protect Purdue tonight on the road at Maryland. A really tough game for them. But they, they still have been my number one overall seed for a good solid month. And I think it's just really the life on the road in college basketball. You're, you're going to lose some games. And it's not surprising to me that, that Alabama went to Tennessee and lost. What was surprising to me was that Alabama couldn't score at all. I thought Tennessee would have to score at least, you know, maybe 65 to win a game against a team as good as Alabama. And they just about could do it at 45. You know, it's interesting because sometimes I think Alabama uh, with Hall has like some really good individual pieces, but I don't always think they play fluidly on offense. I think some of it is, is always a little too much one-on-one. Is that your opinion or, or you see something different? 
Well, I think some of it comes, Sean, from the the fact that uh, that they began the season uh, hoping that Javon Quinterly would be their full time point guard, that that would be the direction that they would go, and and Javon was hurt for a lot of the year, and so they've kind of had to work around that. And they've worked around it beautifully, but I think that absence of consistency at that position has led to them being maybe a little bit more flu- a little bit less fluid than you'd want them to be. And you're talking about a team whose leading assist guy right now average, averages three and a half, and, and, and that's Bradley and Quinterly, each of them contributing that number equally. Uh, the great teams are going to have a quarterback, whether it's Patrick Mahomes, uh, whether it's uh, uh, Jalen Brunson at Villanova in 18, or maybe even somebody that's kind of a hand-off-the-ball-and-get-out-of-the-way kind of person like Jimmy Black at North Carolina in 1982. Uh, you, you have to have that guy who's in charge of the team. And I don't think because of Quinterly not being himself early, they were able to do that. Quinterly was one of those guys, too, that was making me yell at the screen last night in the last <laughs> minute of the game. <laughs> you know, it's interesting. I think there's some really good basketball teams, Mike, but even those teams are inconsistent. So here's what I'm trying to decide. Normally the team that wins the championship has a couple core components. They play their butts off on the defensive end. They have elite ball handling, meaning they don't turn the ball over in crucial situations. They have guys that can break the press. They have guys that can get to the rim consistently. And then they have poise in the clutch. Out of the teams you've seen, who kind of has those three core components? Well, Sean, I I think there are several that have those, but there are some other things that I think are – integral to the championship teams that we've had over the last 30 or 40 years as well. And one of them would be NBA players, guys that are, are definitely going to be first round picks. We, we have not had a champion without a first round pick since 1987 uh, when Indiana won in New Orleans. That's the last time. <laughs> That's a long time ago. It's so long ago. It's before I started covering final fours. So that tells you something. Uh, and then I, I, you have to have some size. We had like Kansas has got a lot of what you said, Sean. Mm-hmm. But their their center is terrific, but he's six foot seven, uh, and we haven't had a team win a championship with a six seven center since probably nineteen sixty five. Uh, that's just not usually the way it's built. So it's really hard to find a team that has everything that you would want. I mean, Purdue has a lot of what you would want, a lot of what you described, and. Uh, and some of what I described, certainly they have size with Zach Eady at 7-4, but I don't know that there's a first-round guy on that team. And at some point in that tournament, in six games, you're going to need somebody that just you know, can take it over himself. And even if it's just for one or two possessions that goes completely against the opposing scouting report and said, yeah, well, you scouted this and you scouted that, but you can't stop me from getting, like you said, from getting to the lane or getting to the rim. And I don't know that Purdue has that guy. So I think that there, I can find a flaw in pretty much every team that would be considered a championship contender. And it's why I compare this season a lot to 2014 when the, there was one great team that year and that was Arizona and they were great and undefeated right up until the night when they were in the Bay area. I think it was against Cal and Brandon Ashley broke his foot. Boom. Now just a very good team, no longer a great team, and unable to win the championship that year. And we wound up with UConn, a number seven seed, and Kentucky, a number eight seed, 
playing for it all. It's interesting. You say you can make an argument against so many of these top teams, which in my brain opens up the thought process. That means we can make an argument for a lot of teams that are down the board a little bit more. Mm -hmm. As somebody who, who is very deep in the bracketology, you do this for Fox Sports, is there a bubble team out there right now that you think could be poised to potentially make a deep run or even just a, a name that people aren't talking about necessarily very much right now that could be in contention? Well, I, I, if you're talking about uh, a, a bubble team, I mean, I think that the obvious answers to that it, are Carolina and Kentucky. I, and I'm not, I can't guarantee that either will get in, mm. but I know that if they do, they carry a significant amount of ability and, a, and, and they'll carry that brand name with them. And I think, I don't know that that necessarily influences anybody externally, but I do think it influences the players internally. I think Kansas feels like it should win every game that it's going into because they're Kansas. And I, I eventually that may kick in for Carolina or Kentucky. Uh, so if you're going all the way to the bubble, I th think those are the kinds of teams you should look at. But if you're going to the middle of the field or the, they're not necessarily in the middle of the field, but not, the prime seed lines. Mm -hmm. So I, I still like Creighton a lot. I mean, they, they lost in double overtime at Providence on Tuesday night. I think it was, I have the days all run together now, but uh, a couple of nights ago, and it was a tremendous basketball game. They are fantastic at pick and roll. They have three to four, three point shooters that can knock it down. Uh, I, I think they have everything you need, uh, except uh, they haven't been able to, to grind out victories, that Providence game being a good example. They couldn't get the stops, the key stops they needed. They still have some time to work on that, and I wouldn't be at all surprised to see them somewhere in the neighborhood of the Final Four. Well, there are a couple interesting games on the docket for tonight's slate. You already mentioned one of them with Purdue taking on Maryland. Purdue did get the win on January 22nd by three points, 58-55, but Maryland's been playing really, really well at home lately. Could they potentially cause a third loss in four games to the Boilermakers? Absolutely can. They have only lost, Stormy, they've only lost one game at home this season, and that was when UCLA went in and tore them apart with their pressure defense, but the Terps have been really strong against everybody else that's come in and Purdue doesn't do what they, they don't play the way UCLA does with the, the dynamic wing play uh, that, that's able to disrupt the ball. Uh, Purdue is a, you know, is a defense that's more conventional and, and guard the guard the lane and try to get the three point line covered and, uh, and use Edie uh, and his terrific length to, to, protect the basket. And so I, the question for Maryland will probably be how effective Jameer Young can be and how, and for Purdue, how, how well can they shut Jameer Young down? They don't necessarily have the, the guy that you say, okay, he takes out Jameer Young and everybody else. We're good. They don't have that one uh, that, that, that that's proven guy. I think that they'll probably assign Ethan Morton to him. Ethan is a very physical, strong defender. And I think he does a little bit better with a bigger wing than a, than a smaller guard like Jameer. But so that'll be the, I think the key matchup is whoever's guarding Jameer Young. I suspect it'll start with Morton. And if he shows that he can deal with a guy like Jameer Young, I think that'll vote very well for March for the Purdue Boilermakers. How do you correlate? Because I had mentioned this earlier. We were talking uh, Tennessee upset in Alabama. And I said during conference play, a lot of road teams lose. This is tough. 
in conference, you know, with classes and everything. How do you correlate the struggles on the road in conference to neutral site games against strange, random opponents in March Madness? Is, is there any correlation between the two? I think there's an element of toughness to an extent, but it's really a different challenge altogether. Because remember, a lot of the games that are played in those neutral environments start out. It depends on, obviously, time of day and that sort of thing. But if you're playing in the, uh, the afternoon session, especially the first afternoon session, the noonish session, or the first evening session, the 7 o'clock session, you, you have to get yourself going. There's not that many people in the building uh, because they're selling tickets to four different fan groups. And, and maybe your fans, let's say Purdue, they're all dressed in black, but they're like a quarter of the arena. And then there's the dedicated basketball people who really don't care who wins or loses. They just want to be there. And then everybody else is at dinner. So it's hard to get it going That in that sense. You have to do it yourself. Awesome insight, Mike. We're up against it, but appreciate you doing this with us. You bet, Stormy. Thank you, Sean. It's great talking to you. Great stuff, Mike. Yeah, awesome. That's Mike DeCourcy at TSN Mike on Twitter, doing great stuff with Fox Sports and, of course, Sporting News. Um, we're going to just step aside. More Follow the Money when we come back live from Circa Resort and Casino. I'm going... There's a new way to bet on things outside of sports with Call She. Maybe you have a thought on TikTok. Will Congress ban it or won't they? Will Taylor Swift's album be album of the year? What about Biden's approval rating or inflation? And a whole lot more. You can trade futures on all of that and make money if you're correct. $20 bonus if you go to callshe.com slash follow the money spelled K-A-L-S-H-I and deposit $50. There is no guarantee of performance and an investor could lose their entire investment, including fees iHeartMedia does not recommend any investments. See further disclosures at callshe.com. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. Betting edge on the NHL, NBA, or college hoops. The VEASAN experts have you covered. Become a VEASAN Pro subscriber with an introductory offer of just $9.99. VEASAN Pro subscribers get access to the daily recap of top plays made by VEASAN show hosts and guests. Tools like betting splits, deep dive betting reports, VEASAN betting guides for the biggest games of the season where experts have bracket breakdowns, top plays, and daily props. Don't miss out, though. This is a limited time offer, so get in there now. Just $9.99. That's VSIN. 
youtube.com slash subscribe. Stormy Tony and Sean King with you. Great conversation with Mike DeCourcy talking all things college hoops. Um, one game we didn't get to discuss with him that I am very curious about betting tonight is Arizona and Utah because Utah handed the Wildcats their first loss of the season earlier this year. Um, Arizona was just brutal shooting. It was such an off night. The Wildcats are also coming off a tough loss to Stanford, which they, I'm sure, are just absolutely kicking themselves. I could really see them as a 10-point favorite, taking all that aggression out on the Utes tonight. So that's one angle that I'll be looking for in college basketball. You were saying that he kind of cemented your thoughts on Creighton Yeah, as because well. uh, at the end of last year and a lot this offseason, Creighton was the popular team. And uh, they had a little rough stretch. I think Kalkbrenner is how you say the big man's name. I think he had mono or something, but he missed a bunch of games. They're stormy, and they struggled, and people kind of got off the wagon. But he's back. They're playing better. I know they just lost in overtime at Providence. But, again, I don't hold in-conference road losses against college teams. Like, this theory that you're going to go undefeated in college is not going to happen. Like, <laughs> the best NBA record of all time, I know it's a lot more games. What was it, 72 and – and, and eight or seven or something like that that the Bulls and, and Warriors, you know, so you're going to lose games. It happens. Um, I just wonder on the defensive end against a truly athletic team, can Creighton stay in front of, mm-hmm. of, of those guards and wings that they're going to face in the tournament? But I like Creighton. It's a good number. I think I saw it when they put the uh, the future odds up. Creighton's sitting there, what, 35 or, or 40 to 1, if I'm not mistaken. So I, I have a little bit of that. As far as your Arizona play, I like Arizona because they have two bigs, Stormy, that are skilled, that can play. I just don't trust their guards sometimes. Like, they're ball handling. Like, they have these unforced errors. But when they play the elite teams, the Wildcats have played the best. You look at their losses. Mm -hmm. Losses are against teams that aren't very good. So, you know, how does that apply come tournament time? Can they stay focused enough to win? What is it, six games in a row to win the championship? That's kind of the part about them, I don't know yet. But when they're locked in and focused, they're good. Yeah, Creighton sitting 30 to 1. I I'm not last year I had Arizona as one of my picks for the tournament. I don't think I will this time around. 14 to 1 right now, a little too short. I thought about maybe buying in on Texas as their number has gotten longer at 22 to 1. There's a number of teams out there. I, I also might there's a it's a plus money price now to bet Kentucky to make the tournament. And I think kind of the name brand value that that Mike was talking about with UNC and Kentucky. Maybe that's something that can bump them over the edge. We'll see how they do come tournament time. Um, Okay, I want to do a fun exercise with you in the NFL. Call a little thing called worst to first, looking at all of the division teams that were at the bottom of the barrel in their division, who has the best (laughs) shot to turn things around and win their division, maybe make a run in the playoffs. Only one team was able to pull it off this past season, and that was the Jacksonville Jaguars, okay, in the AFC South. Doug Peterson to the Jags, overtaking what was the 2021 top seed in all of the postseason in the Titans last year. A Colts team that we thought could be rejuvenated, which we saw ultimately just absolutely like a cookie and milk crumble and caused Frank Reich to get fired and Jeff Saturday to step in and close the season on a 1-7 and run. But okay, the Jags get it done last year. Who gets it done this year? 
I'm curious your opinion if there's like one of those just bottom of the barrel division teams that stands out to you right off right off the top. Well, I almost feel like it's an AFC only question. I mean, the only team in the NFC that finished last in their division is the Commanders. You might could talk me into if Eric Bieniemy, who I think's interviewing today for the Commanders job. I'm a big Sam Howell supporter. I thought Sam Howell was the best quarterback in last year's draft. I thought Washington when Carson Wentz got hurt should have went straight to Sam Howell and not wasted that period with Taylor Heineke. So I could see Washington, because they have pretty good personnel, flipping that division, especially because I think the Eagles missed their window. I think their window was when Jalen was on that second-round contract. Now that they have to pay him with all the free agents that they have, they lost both coordinators. I definitely see Philly having some regression next year. Don't fully trust Dak Prescott. In Dallas, new coordinator even. Um, And then you look at the Giants, I still feel like they got a lot of work to do from a talent standpoint. So you might can convince me that Washington, uh, if they hire Biennemi, can do it, but no one else in the NFC. First of all, I don't think Biennemi should leave the Chiefs if not for a head coaching job. I'm just going to say that off the top in my thought as we're talking about this. I So the the NFC East in general, like – It's so funny to me still that after we went into this past season thinking that the AFC West was far and away potentially going to be the best division that we had ever seen in the National Football League, the best division ended up being the NFC East. Um, I understand exactly what you're saying about the lack of trust there, but where my eye was drawn to was the NFC South just because they were all so bad. Like that division is such garbage that the Bucs won the division at eight and nine. Mm -hmm. The Falcons, Saints, and Panthers all had the same record seven to ten. So if Atlanta ultimately is able to get a quarterback, I know we talked yesterday about how Derek Carr is a name that could potentially be in the mix there, team up with the Drake London and Kyle Pitts and make something happen there in Atlanta. Or like, I mean, that's just one name that stuck out to me as the team that based on the conference win percentage was technically last in the division, even though they tied with three other teams. I just don't see a quarterback on the roster right now, and I don't see their path in the draft because of the seven wins has them a little too far down in the pecking order of getting Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud, which are the only two quarterbacks that I truly believe in. So, I mean, if something happens in free agency, I could change my mind. Like Derek Carr decides to go to the Falcons. I I think Carolina has the most complete roster. They won some games. Uh, I could see, you know, Frank Wright getting one of these free agent quarterbacks to come in there. Maybe Garoppolo or somebody goes there and they're functional. I yeah. hope it's not Jimmy G because I think that the Panthers need more from the quarterback position. We we see how they've done mm-hmm. with a quarterback that can quote unquote do enough, even though like they didn't even do that. Like Sam Darnold, Baker Mayfield, whoever you had in there just really wasn't able to do enough. I don't think Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be your answer to right. that because he's, I mean, he's Jimmy G, you know? I'm like, just saying, if Jimmy G went to the NFC South, he'd be the best quarterback in the division. Ugh, which is so sad to right. say. Right. So I'm just like, it's not and like I the like competition Jimmy G. Like, I'm not a high. Garoppolo. I'm not a Garoppolo hater. I just think he had so many weapons in San Francisco. It True. didn't force him to have to do a whole lot. Carolina, while, yes, you do have DJ Moore and you have Deontay Foreman, who just, I mean, has turned into somebody that's so much fun to watch. I just don't think they have enough necessarily offensively to not have a quarterback that can help elevate them, mm-hmm. you know? So I but just they don't... have more than the Falcons. But not if Derek Carr goes to the Falcons. Well, I think if Derek Carr goes to any one of those four teams, then they're the prohibitive favorite in the division. 
Okay, well, you were also giving me some mad Russell Wilson yeah, love. Yeah, so AFC is where I think there are three teams that legitimately have a shot. Okay. If and when, because I think the Jets are going to offer a, all, all their foreseeable draft picks. This might be like the Ricky Williams deal. They might give like the, the Packers every draft pick the next two years. Here, just take it all, one through seven. If Aaron Rodgers ends up with the Jets, you can make a case that Josh Allen and the Bills regress. Dolphins still have uncertainty at quarterback. I'm not a believer in the Patriots. Jets were right there. Mm-hmm. So I could see them going worse to first. The Browns, come the Jet, back. You, don't, uh, you, don't think, you think they can overtake the Bills in the division? Well, I think the Bills regressed. And I think Aaron Rodgers like gives them, them a shot. Mm, okay. I mean, Brees Hall's coming back. If he plays at the level he was playing at before, uh, Garrett Wilson established himself as a top-flight young wide receiver in this league. We know what they are on defense. So it's not like the offense has to score 30 a game to, for them to be successful. So, And, and I'm, I'm not saying that, that that's the most likely. I just started there because like that's how Yahoo has the divisions ranked. So they were first. Uh, the Broncos, I'm telling you now, Russell Wilson will be comeback player of the year. He will be comeback player of the year. Russell Wilson is going to bounce back next year and have an outstanding year with Sean Payton. They're going to get it all together and maybe potentially go from worst to first. It's a lot tougher in that division because of Kansas City and the Chargers, and you're presuming the Raiders are going to add a quarterback at some point. So I'm not saying that's the most likely. I'm just saying it would not be – I wouldn't be shocked. And then the Browns are my last one. Deshaun Watson hadn't played in basically two years. Now he's got a full, what, six or seven games – to knock the rust off. He's got a full offseason, you know, now where he can be the guy. Uh, they still have pieces there. You know, Nick Chubb, Amari Cooper. Like, they've got some pieces there. And that division, especially if Lamar Jackson decides to sit out. I mean, mm-hmm. you're basically talking about, you know, Browns, Bengals. I'm going back to your Jets play and, like, looking at, at New York's schedule this past year. Yes, they did beat the Bills that one game, but we're just still talking about a Buffalo team that had nearly double – their season wins this year, even if they regress, it's hard for me to imagine that one player is going to elevate New York to be that much better to w- enough to win the division. I think that they're a playoff team next year if they get a quarterback. I think a lot of things very highly about them. The Falcons also, by the way, number two team in terms of cap space available, Bears number one. So Atlanta. we'll see how that could change things. This is Follow the Money on VSEN. All right, everybody, remember, before you make your next bet, you got to check out vcin.com and the current betting splits data. If you want to know where the money and bets are moving for each game, the betting splits page is updated with DraftKings odds every 10 minutes so you can see the changes in action. Find out where the public's betting based on the number of tickets and where the money doesn't match the public opinion. You can check out not just today's action, but future events as well. Betting splits, another way vcin's here to make you a more informed, better year-round. You can check out today's betting splits and splits for each game at vcin.com. We are, Sean King, 70 days away from the NFL draft. Not that I'm counting. Uh, Later this month, NFL Combine. We got pro days coming up. Free agency, obviously, is going to shape a lot of these things. So excited to talk it all over with Luke Easterling, editor at the Draft Wire and the Bucks Wire, who joins us now at Luke Easterling on Twitter. Welcome in. Thank you for doing this. Hey, it's my pleasure. Thanks for having me. Yes, and I mean, two t- Tampa guys. Yeah, Luke is my guy. By the way, come, come rescue me. Uh, I'm the odd man out here. It's snowed <laughs> two of the last three days in Vegas. Please come rescue me. I did not move on, on to deal with snow. 
Hey, I'm telling Sean, if you have ever had to buy a drink in Tampa since that Monday night Rams game, it's a travesty, man. You should, you should still have, you should still have the run in this town by, by, by my account. I appreciate that. So let's start here. Where are you at right now as you uh, prepare for the draft, as Stormy mentioned, in 70 days at the quarterback position? If you had to rank the quarterbacks right now, what, who's first, who's second, who's third, who's fourth? Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty set there, to be honest. And, and I think there are two tiers here, right? We, we're talking about a tier of guys that I think could start right away and be successful uh, and that's Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud. I, I have Bryce Young just a, a little bit ahead of Stroud, but if you, you wanted to make a case either way, I, I'd probably be fine with it. Um, it just depends on what you need and what you want and what you're willing to, uh, what you're willing to deal with, right, in terms of, you know, if you've got a thing about size and you, you don't like the fact that Bryce Young is probably going to come in under six foot, probably under 200 pounds, you know, if that's a concern for you, then maybe you go for more of a prototypical size guy in, in Stroud. If you want a guy who for two seasons was more consistent on the field in terms of his tape, like Bryce Young was, as opposed to C.J. Stroud, where we saw some inconsistencies. Obviously, you'd love to see the way he finished his career with that performance against Georgia. That's what you wanted to see from him, right? All those, all those traits, all those questions we wanted answered. He did it for four quarters against the Georgia defense on the biggest stage, so obviously that's huge for him, but... It really just comes down to how they fit your offense. Those two guys are in their own class by themselves. I think if either of those guys went number one overall, I'd be completely fine with it in a, in a trade-up with Chicago, obviously. And after that, you're getting already into the, you know, these guys have great traits, but it's kind of risk-reward. There's some boom-bust there. I would take Florida's Anthony Richardson before I would take Will Levis from, from Kentucky, and I think it's because we saw – we saw a lot of progression from Richardson throughout the year. I think people saw those first couple of games, especially that one against USF where they almost lost at home in the swamp and kind of wrote him off as just a project. And he's, you know, he's going to be a, a mid-round pick who isn't polished enough. People really need to watch the second half of that Florida season because I thought he, he got a lot better. I think he got a lot, you know, showed a lot more NFL traits in those games. And I really feel like Will Levis came into the, the season with so many questions about his decision-making, his accuracy, his consistency as a decision-maker, and really didn't answer any of them this season. Uh, and that was the big concern for me. So he would still be at four to me. But again, it's, it's two totally different tiers between two guys that I think could be day one franchise quarterbacks and two guys that I think will need some time and some work and the right situation to make an immediate impact. Yeah, when it comes to Will Levis and and uh, Anthony Richardson there, I just keep thinking, it's a trap. Like, everybody <laughs> just wants it to be the next Josh Allen or the next Cam Newton, and that's a lot easier said than done. And then as it pertains to Bryce Young, I feel for the kid that so much is going to be made of his size because if he does go on to have a great NFL career, obviously that'll be the exception, not the rule. But if you are exceptional, like he has been in the college game, then that's what makes the difference. And so, you know, I, I big arm, tremendous distributor, keen awareness. I really hope that things work out for him. And I hope for my, my partner on my other show, Matt Brown, who has him to go number one overall, that that ends up happening for him. But a lot of that's going to be determined on what the Bears do with the first overall pick. There are a lot of quarterback needy teams in the top 15. Um, you have to imagine that they're going to be entertaining offers but what do you think the likelihood is that they like how far are they willing to trade down I guess first and foremost and do you think there is a chance that they keep the pick I definitely think there's a chance they keep the pick and and really as far as how far they want to go down it depends on whether or not they're willing to give up 
the opportunity to take one of those top two defenders, right? You've got Will Anderson, the edge, the edge rusher from Alabama. You've got Jalen Carter, the interior guy from, from Georgia. And they need both of them, right? So, it, you know, they really could go either way. I think both of those guys are worthy of that pick. So they could easily leverage that and say, hey, you know, unless you bowl us over with a, with a deal, we're just going to sit here and we're going to take our guy. We're going to take the best player in the draft who fits our needs, and we'll be fine. The, the problem is you really can only trade down to four. If that, if the, if you want one of those guys, I think that's the best case scenario and really the perfect scenario for the bears. The whole, the whole way that week 18 transpired with them jumping into the number one pick because of that, that Texans Colts game. And now you have the ability to kind of hold court. You have the ability to hold a bidding war if you want to, but if you want one of those two guys, Will Anderson or Jalen Carter, getting down to four probably gets you one of them, right? Because you're assuming that, that Indy will go up and take a, a quarterback. You're assuming that Houston will take the, the other one whoever that is at two. And then Arizona obviously will take one of those defensive guys probably that you wouldn't take and you'll take whoever's left over. And if you're fine with that and can get enough in return, again, we're talking at least a second this year and a first next year, probably more. If we look at, at history of what it takes to make that move to number one, particularly for a quarterback, it's going to be a higher price. Um, but, but I think it's a pretty good likelihood. I think they're in the right spot to make the trade. I think if they do stay, you know, stick and pick, I'm fine with it because there are two guys that they need uh, that could be worth that pick. And some of that will be dictated by free agency too. If they, if they go out and spend some of that hundred million in cap space on a pass rusher on the edge, then they can stay at one and take Jalen Carter vice versa. If they address the interior, they can go with the edge player in, in Anderson. So the, the bears are in a perfect spot to be able to do what they need to do, which is build around Justin Fields, give him the resources to be the best player he can be and continue to progress but I think Indy at four makes the most sense because if you go any further than that, you're getting out of that range where you're still going to get an elite player and move back and get some extra picks. I think four is that sweet spot. Uh, Will Anderson, Jalen Carter are the two names we're hearing right now. But at this time last year, no one was talking about Trayvon Walker. I happen to think mm-hmm. that Clemson defensive end Miles Murphy is going to have that kind of ascension throughout this process. What do you think of Miles Murphy first? And is there someone else you think that's going to have like this – okay, from late first round to all of a sudden in the conversation for the number one pick by the time we get to the draft in 70 days? Yeah, I mean, Miles, again, you want to talk about a guy who, who checks every physical box, right? You've got the big frame, you've got the long arms, you get the physicality, the explosiveness. He can play really any spot in most fronts, right? You've got so many defenses that have hybrid fronts and need to move guys around, you know, edge to interior. I feel like he can move all around and do all kinds of things, especially – you get in third down packages. You have all those, you know, NASCAR fronts that the Giants defenses made uh, popular when they when they won their couple of Super Bowls, where they basically just had four defensive end pass rushers in on fourth on third downs. He's the type of guy that you would want to slide inside in those situations, put him on a guard, and make him pass rush against a guy like that. Miles Murphy can be a dominant player. I, I think I think you're right about his potential to ascend. I think there's another guy at his position that could do the same thing. Tyree Wilson from Texas Tech. Very similar makeup, right? Big, long, physical guy, athletic. I think he's a bit more raw than than Murphy is, and I think he would take a little bit more time to develop. That's why I think I would liken him a little bit more to to Walker uh, in terms of his his just defined role and what you think he could do at the next level. I think Murphy probably makes a more immediate impact. But I think both of these guys will dominate the combine. I I think they'll have a big performance uh, in Indy and could, could easily make that kind of run. Obviously, you know, pass rushers, guys, it's all about the quarterback, right? You got to have one. You got to have somebody to protect yours. You got to have a guy that'll go after him. You got to have a guy that'll catch the ball. You got to have a guy that'll pick the ball off. So 
those positions do tend to ascend at this point in the year, and it usually takes a great uh, performance at the Combine to help you do that. Both of these guys have the athleticism to make that jump, similar to what we saw from Walker after his performance in Indy last year as well. Luke, we only have about a minute left here, but I'm curious if there's – I hate to go back to quarterbacks, but is there one of these quarterbacks that you think could have like a Zach Wilson-type pro day or combine or something like that that's going to get people talking in a way that is going to overvalue them? Absolutely. It's Will Levis. 100%. I think we've already, you know, 100%. We, you know, we've already seen it. We've already seen the TikTok montage with him making all these throws in, in T-shirts. And again, this is not – I always feel bad because I always feel like I buy a bag on one quarterback. And Will Levis, I'm sorry, you're that guy. He's the one. Like that, but it's not like I don't think he can be successful. It's just that we've seen it. Sean, come on, man. You, we've seen it over and over and over again every year. Listen, the NFL Luke, over, Luke, overvalued. I say this all the time. Like, Will Levis is good is elite, but I've never seen a quarterback that I trust that has as many bad games as he has. I just don't trust him. And again, for me, it was a lack of progression, guys. We wanted to see some things get better. They didn't get better. The the problems that we saw last offseason last year are still there. That's what concerns me the most. The question is, who's he going to finesse? Thank you, Luke. Hey, my pleasure, guys. Have a great day. Luke Easterling doing great stuff with the draft wire, the Bucks wire. We're going to step aside. When we come back, Sean King, did you know football ain't over? We got XFL, baby. Let's go. Vegas Vicky. There's a new way to bet on things outside of sports with Call She. Maybe you have a thought on TikTok. Will Congress ban it or won't they? Will Taylor Swift's album be album of the year? What about Biden's approval rating or inflation? And a whole lot more. You can trade futures on all of that and make money if you're correct. $20 bonus if you go to callshe.com slash follow the money spelled K-A-L-S-H-I and deposit $50. There is no guarantee of performance and an investor could lose their entire investment, including fees iHeartMedia does not recommend any investments. See further disclosures at callshe.com. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. This is 
Sports fans, as the football season comes to an end, Bet Rivers Online Sportsbook is a place to be for basketball and hockey. Bet Rivers has you covered for every line, odd, and boost. You can join them each week for new promotions like the Tuesday Hockey First Goal Insurance, Saturday Hockey Same Game Parlay Bet and Get, Weekly Pro Basketball Bet and Get, and more. Check out BetRivers.com or download the Bet Rivers app. It's a whole new game. And when I say the football season has come to an end, I'm only talking about the NFL because football is a year-round sport. And this is America. We waste zero time getting back to the game, and it is one week removed from the Super Bowl, and we already have the XFL on deck. I'm excited about this. We had Rod Woodson in studio on recent primetime, the show that I host normally here on uh, the network with Tim Murray. Great guy. He's excited and fired up about the season. Um, We had Mark Ross, Mm -hmm. the uh, president of the XFL here. Um, So, I mean, people are fired up. I'm excited to see it. I think it's actually going to be really exciting football. Yeah, I'm fired up. I'm excited to be a part of the broadcast. Um, for for anyone who doesn't know, like me, I am also a sideline reporter. Congratulations! In to, thank you very, very much. Good at I it. appreciate it. It's going to be fun. Um, so I'll be doing games every week on either ABC, ESPN, or FX. And week one, I'm doing the the Sunday night primetime game with the Sea Dragons and DC Defenders, which is actually the shortest spread on the board for week one. So it should be a fun one. But you mentioned Rod Woodson, one of many big names that are going to be on display. Uh, He's the head coach of the Vegas Vipers, 17 years in the NFL, 11 Pro Bowls, Super Bowl. Heinz Ward is a head coach in terms uh, you got Bob Stoops as a coach. You've got uh, Wade Phillips. The list goes on and on in terms of players. This is a league that the NFL really hopes can work out and thrive in its third iteration because they want it to be a feeder league of sorts. Like of sorts, the, the NFL is like the one professional sports league that doesn't really have that like lower league affiliate. In the NBA, you've got the G League, you've got Double A, Triple A, Single A baseball, you've got the American Hockey League um, that feeds up to the NHL. You just don't have that for football outside of college, and so they're really hoping to be that partner, to be that developmental league, and um, and also to be a, a league that can help revive a lot of careers too. You're going to see names like Martavis Bryant that you haven't heard that name in a while. Josh Gordon will be making his debut back in Vic professional Beasley. football. Yes, so um, I think it'll be exciting from that standpoint if you remember any of the 2020 version of the xfl the access is going to be insane which i think will be a really unique thing for viewers out there um players coaches so many are going to be mic'd up throughout the course of this thing we talk so much trash on officials we're going to have all of the referees mic'd up listening through the way they're talking about a call to get to the point um, that they are to make one if there is an egregious call that we at home can see on our TV screen, you're like, how did the refs miss that? Well, they have a command center that has the ability to overturn anything um, if they see it as a notable thing that just the guys on the field missed. So uh, a lot of opportunity, I think, for unique viewing experience. All the games are going to have sky cams and trucks. Um, it'll be a lot of fun. The St. Louis Battlehawks are the favorite as of right now. My guy, Anthony Beck. Yes, sir. But I want you to know. This is a Tampa Bay Buccaneer. T- I mean, Anthony Beck. Bruce Gretkowski, Donnie Abraham, all play for the Bucks. You, you got your guys. <laughs> That's going to be your team now. But I would wait, maybe wait to bet them, though, because this is what I was going to say, is these numbers are going to be on the move fast and furious. 
Uh, I talked to Johnny Avello, director of sportsbook operations at DraftKings. I talked to Vinny Maiulo um, over at the South Point, a pair of sports betting Hall of Famers, on how they make the numbers for these things. And everybody was very clear that they're basing things on quarterbacks and coaches right now, skill players. And these numbers are going to be moving aggressively after week one and when they have to adjust. This is such an even playing field for the first time, right? Because bettors and odds makers all have the same information, which isn't much. Like, nobody knows anything really coming into these games. Well, just off of, you know, respect for my guy Rod, I'm going to bet Vegas Vipers money line. First game. Okay. Uh, of, in XFL history, I'm going to go with my, the home team. There you go. And uh, we'll, we'll adjust from there. Well, he's a first-time <laughs> first head coach, so that's what's unique is you have some of these coaches that have just had long, long pedigrees, um, won Super Bowls as coaches and coordinators, and then you have first-time head coaches that are former players and kind of seeing mm-hmm. how they identify with the players and what life is like for them with the headset they've never had to do. Terrell Buckley, Reggie yep. Barlow, Heinz Ward. I, mean, I like it. So as far as the spreads on the games this week, I'll just give you the lowdown real quickly. The Vipers are the first game of the XFL season, like you said, taken on the Renegades. They are getting two and a half points total in this one, 37. Then in the nightcap on Saturday, the Orlando Guardians getting two and a half themselves against the Roughnecks total 35 and a half. Sunday, we have two more games. The favorite Battle Hawks, a two and a half point favorite against the Brahmas. And then my game, the Sea Dragons getting one and a half in D.C. against the Defenders. Um, home field advantage, just for you guys to know, uh, at least where things sat in 2020. The um, the Battle Hawks had far and away the best home field advantage. They are a community that is starving for football. Mm-hmm. They miss having it. And they really got invested in the team. D.C. seems to be another one of those fan base. They're playing at Audi Field, the, the soccer stadium out there. And they really filled it up last time around. Um, the Beer Snake, I hope, is back. I really, really do. I would love to do a report on the Beer Snake week one if I can. Um, and Seattle as well, another one that is expected to have a good home field advantage. Some unique rules in the the XFL as well. There is an ability, since they do not do an extra point as a kick, that you can go for one, two, or three points after the touchdown. So you can go for one from the two-yard line, go for two from the five-yard line, or go from three from the the 10-yard line. So a nine-point game is no longer a two-score game, right? So that kind of changes from a betting perspective, your key numbers. I know on the surface, that also makes you think, hey, if you can get nine points on a single drive, these are probably going to be pretty high-scoring games. You'll notice the totals are not particularly high. They're all from 35.5 to 37. So um, at least the first time around, or I guess it's the second time around, technically, of the XFL back in 2020, which unfortunately, COVID, like, it was gaining a it lot was, of traction. It was. And people really liked it. And then COVID, like for so many other jobs, wiped out the league. But um, the games, the odds makers were setting totals at like 48, 49 and realizing unders were hitting like crazy. So there, isn't, there are no extra points? Not kicking. To, okay, so you have to go for it. As an actual offensive snap. Correct. Okay, even for the single. Correct. Okay, but they can kick field goals during yes. the course of the game. Okay. Exactly. All so right. that's one of the more unique um, things that have changed in the rule book. There's also a double forward pass, as long as both passes are from behind the line of scrimmage. So it doesn't just have to be a lateral. Okay. Um, kickoffs and kick returns are going to look a little bit different too. That's kind of... They, they just want to decentivize touchbacks as much as possible. They want the ball to be run out. So when you see the opening kickoff of the game, 
basically just the kicker is going to be in motion. And until the return man touches the football, nobody else on the field can move. So that's going to be a little bit strange what? to look at. Yes, I know. I know. Um, but that's, it's actually, it's supposed to be better for like health and safety wise as well. From what I'm told, I don't know. I'm not a doctor. Uh, there's an onside kick alternative as well, okay. where in the fourth quarter specifically, instead of doing an onside kick, you can try to convert a fourth and 15 to maintain possession. Okay. They had that in the USFL too, right? I think something similar something to that. Something like that. Yeah. Yes. Um, the play clock is going to be shorter as well. 35 seconds. So the game's going to go by a little bit faster. The halftime's only 10 minutes. So in and out. Yeah. Like it, I think it's going to be a good viewing experience and people learn a lot from it. I know you like the Vipers off the top. Oh, that's just a a emotional play. Like (laughs) there's no science or number analytics behind that opinion. That's just because Rod Whitson's come in studio a couple of times on my show. I like it. Uh, I do want to say one more thing, just like as it pertains to betting the XFL, because I'm not not sure 100% what types of markets are going to be available just yet. Right now, we just have like spreads and totals on the games. But if there does come to a point where you can like do early in-game betting and props, um, the, there's no coin toss for for overtime or in the game. The home team just gets to decide what they're going to do. So okay. if there's like a first team to score or something like that that you're trying to get involved in, just like keep that in mind and try to keep track of what's going on early in games and, and how teams, if they're at home, do they like to usually take the ball first or are they the first? So just another thing, food for thought. That, I mean, I would love some of these rule changes to go immediately yeah. to the, the NFL. I do think there I'm going to – no ties in the XFL either. Okay. I do think I'm going to play the over in all four games. Too low for you. I just think these totals are telling me that this is generic. Like there's no analytics behind these there's numbers. There's not. Like, and – with all the ways that you can kind of make up for lost points, you know, all I've got to get for these totals to go over is 20 to 20. And I'm over in all, you know, all four games. So I'm just going to take a shot in the dark. I think I'm going to play the over in all four games and see if we can go three and one and and pick up a little change. I'm excited for my game though. Sea Dragons at DC Defenders. Ben DiNucci versus Jordan Tamu. The nooch. I think it's going to be a good nooch. I think it's going to be a good game. I'm excited for the XFL. Me too. I'm excited for we'll you. Do, we'll do some more football talk, but you know, NFL in this last hour. <laughs> There's a new way to bet on things outside of sports with Call She. Maybe you have a thought on TikTok. Will Congress ban it, or won't they? Will Taylor Swift's album be album of the year? What about Biden's approval rating, or inflation, and a whole lot more? You can trade futures on all of that and make money if you're correct. $20 bonus if you go to callshe.com slash follow the money, spelled K-A-L-S-H-I, and deposit $50. There is no guarantee of performance, and an investor could lose their entire investment, including fees. iHeartMedia does not recommend any investments. See further disclosures at callshe.com. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Getting ready to take on spring? 
Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details.